Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture. And these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. On April 28th, we offered a webinar, We've Transformed to Virtual Learning and Work, Now What? I closed the webinar asserting that learning continues to remain a high priority of educational organizations. And as we move into 2020 and 2021, both student and employee safety and well-being of families will all have equal importance to learning. I've had the pleasure of working with the Michigan State University Infrastructure Planning and Facilities Division over the past years. The leaders on this team are highly focused on what it takes to create a safe environment for students. They were focused on that long before COVID-19. Regardless of the type of organization we lead or work in, safety is going to be front and center for us. Joining me on the show today is my good friend, Sabrina Heveler. Chief of Staff with Infrastructure Planning and Facilities at Michigan State University. She last joined us on episode 55, where we discussed the importance of bringing an executive team to lead and move the organization to excellence. Today, Sabrina joins us to talk about what her team has learned since navigating the COVID-19 pandemic and how they anticipate their work at the university to change for the upcoming school year. So, Sabrina, thank you for joining me today, and I'm so glad to have you back on the show. I'm happy to be here. All right, so let's get right to it, Sabrina. For our listeners, so that they will understand where you're coming from, remind us a little bit about the purpose and duties of infrastructure planning and facilities at Michigan State. Yeah, so MSU Infrastructure Planning and Facilities, or IPF, we are responsible for the planning, building, maintaining, beautifying, and energizing the physical environment at Michigan State University. And as you stated, Janet, we really have a duty to ensure the health and safety of anyone who steps foot onto our campus. Uh, So anyone that comes onto our campus, we have a direct impact on their experience um, at Michigan State University. Our mission is to deliver services and facilities that help our Spartans change the world. And so that really means that student success, whatever that uh, is, currently student success is helping them to navigate these crazy times, Um, but that's our success as well. So if if we can help them have the best learning environment and experience uh, possible, we have succeeded in the work that we do. Yeah, thank you. And as the listeners probably know, I've had an opportunity, you know, really to work with you all the last over the last years and really have have grown to admire and just enjoy the time um, and, and admire the work that you all do. So again, really glad that you're here. And you and I have had a chance and I've had a chance to connect with your executive team over the past several weeks. We've talked about MSU's IPF success, and we've defined those. So, you know, Sabrina, as we think back on that conversation and things that you know each and every day, where has MSU IPF been successful? And, you know, how do you know that? Yeah, there are um, three major areas where I feel like we have really demonstrated success. And and the first of those is in problem solving and not in a way where we are just reacting to what's happening, but really truly sourcing our employees for the the feedback and the answers that we need to build inclusive foundational solutions that help us to achieve the best possible outcome, especially when we're faced with lose-lose challenges. 
And we know this not because of necessarily any hard data, um, but mostly, you know, the feedback that we receive from our, our employees themselves about feeling like we did the right thing at the right time. Um, and also being kind of the leading unit on campus in response to a lot of the things that are happening. And one of the areas that we've been successful with that's helped us do this is really facing the brutal facts and meeting them together as a team. I think sometimes when you're in a crisis, you hear people say, thank God I'm not responsible for that, or that's not my job, so I'm not going to worry about that one today. Um, and our executive team has been amazing at facing hard truths together, showing up authentically in those conversations and talking about how much this is really hard, but we have to do this because it's the right thing to do um, and making decisions even when it's hard together. Uh, so that seems like it should be simple to do, but in times of disarray and remote work, um, it becomes really easy to leave things out. Sabrina, I think that's really significant. And, um, and I, again, I've had the pleasure of working with you and, and the executive team. And, you know, I think, think about the work that you all have done together, the last podcast was on how you really built the executive team together. Do you think that the past work has really made that easier for you? Not that it's easy to do, but do you think it's built the foundation to make that easier for you all to have those types of conversations? Yes, absolutely. 100%. I can look back three or four years ago and know that if we had been faced with this challenge, then uh, we would have responded with, thank God that's not my job. Or yeah. you know, I'm going to let so-and-so deal with this, not because of anything else. And we were, we just weren't prepared as a team. We didn't have the skills or the abilities necessarily to navigate how to have those hard conversations because those hard conversations require trust. They require a safe space to, to share how you're feeling about something and to be able to agree as a team to walk away, making a decision that you may not have felt was what you were going to go in into it with, but you had to, and you have to stand together as a team at the end of that and, and have each other's backs. Um, and so that focus on building an executive team, a team of leaders, a team of leaders who lead people requires incredible amounts of trust and incredible amounts of, of vulnerability uh, in those moments to get through that together. And four years ago, we just didn't have those foundational skills. Yeah. Um, and working on that for a continuous amount of time, you know, sometimes it takes challenges like this to turn it on and, and light it on fire. And we were, we were getting there, right? But this has really, really shown us uh, just how far we've come. And it's so nice to see. And congratulations for all the hard work that you all have done to, to get yeah. to where you are. It's nice to see, Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. There's some positive things that come out of this, like you're talking about in terms of what we've learned. As you think about what you've learned, you know, what do you what do you want to keep doing regardless of, of the work situation and the changes, you know, back to normal and how we continue? You know, what do you want to keep doing? Yeah, there are a few things. Uh, so the first I'll start with is that it never takes too much time to ask the right people and they're always willing to help. So during COVID, you don't have the option to get it wrong you have to get it right. And every decision we make impacts someone's life or their livelihood. So whether we had 25 minutes or 12 hours, it was important for us to prioritize sourcing as many experts and resources as possible so that we could make the right call for, for the entire group. So as we look to the future, there will never be a problem that can be answered with, we, don't just, we just don't have the time to ask. We don't have the time to get feedback. 
So I think that is one thing that we will continue to prioritize at the top of the list when, when making decisions. The second is that technology is a utility. Uh, so this doesn't just apply to the academic mission of Michigan State University. It applies to every single uh, individual that we employ. The use of technology has helped us solve problems quicker keep people receiving a paycheck when they didn't have another option and help show our employees how capable they actually are of using that technology and how helpful it can be. So we'll never go back to doing business the way that we did. Whether it's FaceTiming across campus to show a project that needs an estimating uh, number to it or saving some carbon emissions by avoiding traveling across campus for meetings, uh, these will be new norms for us uh, that our team has you know, learned by the force of the hand of COVID. Now, I think you all, you all are models in that learning. And I think, you know, as I talk to people around the country, they're learning common things. You know, I think what you all will be able to do is just to execute those very quickly. You know, just because you have that foundational component of working together to do that. And I would say to that point, at the core of all of this was the importance of communication. And I think we've always known that communication is important and that everyone's employee engagement surveys talk about the importance of, of good communication. But for us, communication isn't just about the right message. It's about the right message at the right time with transparency, which doesn't always mean sharing all of the gory details, but it's about building the expectations for employees around what communication they will receive, when, from whom, so that they feel safety and stability in the fact that their organization is watching out for them and that they know what to expect and how to react to that. And so for us, the biggest thing that we've learned is the importance of a communication cadence around things like this, um, to build out the programmatic approach to what are the mechanisms, who is the audience, are we trying to share facts or are we trying to be empathetic? Are we trying to share gratitude or are we you know, trying to explain a process, whatever the case is, it's about tapping into all of the channels that we have at the right time in a way that builds expectations and safety for our employees. Because right now, everyone needs connection. COVID has reminded us all that people need each other and they need support, they need safety, and they need care. And right now, communication is the way that we are able to show all of those things, whether it's virtual or not. Yeah. That's nice. So, so we're at a place right now, we've learned things and then we're now beginning to think about really August, you know, cause we're kind of made our plan for summer, but thinking about August or whenever we go back to a regular academic year. So the last two questions really focus on more of the future look, Sabrina, you know, kind of the first is what do we anticipate, what do you anticipate, you know, August might look like? for you all. Um, and then I want to take, spend more time on really a, just a question about what the cleaning aspect, the deep cleaning standards might look like there because your unit has responsibility for those. So let's first start with what might August look like, just kind of high level. Yeah, we are still waiting for that crystal ball to tell us whether or not we will have um, people back on campus or not. So currently what we are doing is planning out and doing doing modeling essentially for any of the scenarios that we could face. So uh, scenarios with no students, no events, no, no people, um, and scenarios where everyone's back in full force and everything in between. Right now, we are actually operationally ramping back up, so bringing staff back to campus to prepare buildings um, because our work does not end in a facility, and we need to make sure that those facilities are safe in all of the ways, not just from a cleaning perspective, but also there are water systems and heating systems 
that need to be checked because all of those play together to create the safest environment possible. Uh, so we are currently working on that. But our biggest focus um, coming back in August will be how do we return to work and what is that strategy? And what are the protocols, the expectations, and the policies that our employees will follow, not only for their own and their teammates' safety, but to ensure that our customers are safe as well. So our work will look very different. This will never be normal operations ever again for us. Um, there will likely never be a time where it's okay for a group of our IPF employees to go into an office and, and have a conversation about what work needs to be done. There will be more communication about, we need you to vacate. We need to come in at this time. There will be a lot more rigorous scheduling to be sure that we do have time to wash in and wash out, to be sure that we have time to give people the space to feel comforted by our practices, that we're not just coming in and, and possibly spreading something that they don't know is there. But as you mentioned, our largest shift and our largest task will be in our custodial operation. In fact, we expect to make a bigger investment in that operation to meet the need and the new expected standard of any uh, staff or student across campus, because we are not just cleaning at a new level for health, we are now cleaning at a level for comfort. Yeah, I think that's, you know, and so when we think about safety, I mean, I, you know, you and I've talked about this, Sabrina, you know, we're thinking about if I'm a leader of, a, of an educational institution, I mean, I'm definitely focused on learning, but I also don't want anybody, any student or to get sick, you know, potentially die, you know, connect, I mean, do harm families. I mean, that's like, that's like top of mind to us. And so, um, so I think you all, as you and I've talked, just the conversations you all have had as an executive leadership team and, you know, with the leadership you have in that custodial area, I think you can really be leaders there. Uh, and, uh, and we need help. You know, people need help, Sabrina. We need to know that. We need to understand that because that's not just going to be at Michigan State University. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be in every, almost every organization, business, industry, educational institution across the country. Like how to, how to, what, what is our future normal yeah. here, right? Not yeah. the new normal, but what's our future normal in the way we function? Yeah, and as you mentioned, we have a fantastic leader over that operation who has been working diligently to uh, compile all of the resources uh, uh, from partners, from you know our healthcare leaders, right? Really looking to them to see how are they how are they expecting to change their practices and how does that affect um, our facilities within the parameters we're given? And so as we collect that information, we also learn every single week how what we're doing is impacting the health and safety of our customers. Um, we are adapting and adopting those uh, practices as much as possible. So there are kind of three prongs, really. There's the cleaning for health. So as you respond to symptoms or reports of there's a possible contact here, right? There's a certain set of protocols that we work with our environmental health and safety partners to ensure that we are cleaning, de decontaminating as necessary to make sure that that space is safe to return to. That takes actually a lot more time than a typical cleaning because you have to let a room or a facility sit for a bit before we can send in people to actually do that cleaning. And we do have contracted partners to help us out with that uh, to ensure that we have all of the right tools and resources. And then there's that cleaning for comfort piece, right? So it may not be that someone has been sick, but people will come back to work with an increased amount of anxiety about everything. We have ingrained in people that it is not safe, that your surfaces are not safe, that one touch and you don't know what you could pick up from that. So 
as we think about helping everyone on campus feel safe, there's a psychological component to this that is really important. And so how can we help um, by increasing our visibility during the day so that they can see our staff diligently doing deep cleaning work? Um, how are we ensuring that we're more frequent, that we have a, a fuller staff? All of these things come to mind when, you know, if someone requests, hey, I just, I really want my office clean, we're right there. There's not going to be a hesitation on that anymore because we understand that it impacts people's ability to be successful. And the third prong of that is allowing and creating resource toolkits, essentially, for buildings where people can have some control, right? So if I'm feeling like, oh, you know, I really want to wipe this surface down, we're supplying our um, cleaners in, in some forms in little kiosks or, or carts so that people can go and find those um, themselves and they can do some cleaning, washing in and washing out as needed with the right products, with the things that will help control the virus and the spread of it going forward. Yeah. So good. So, you know, I think what you've done today, um, and I look forward to continuing the conversation we just had, you know, because again, I think you can be a model. I want, can't wait to continue to talk to some of the people who work at the leaders who work, Brandon, who work in your organization, because because um, we don't have the answers here and the ants, and we have to have the right questions to ask to get the right answers. And one of the things that you all have done is you've talked to ask the right questions where you're moving to get the right answers. And one thing I like, Sabrina, as we summarize, is you talked about we're continuing to learn. You know, and I think that concept of a learning organization is going to take on a whole new meaning because mm -hmm. we don't know all the answers and we're going to we're going to do the best that we can. And we're going to think very specifically on what we need to do. And we're also going to continue to learn and look at the data can, and listen to people's input and improve. You know, that improvement cycle is going to be just alive and well and real. So I thank you so much today. Just thank you and MSUIPF, the leadership team, the staff who work with you all. You do tremendous work. You're a leader in the nation in the work that you do. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So I think what I would tell the listeners today is if you haven't asked this question, you know, ask yourself when you enter work, whether it's, you know, in a week or two weeks or August in terms of educational institutions, first of all, ask what do you anticipate work can be and then really begin to think about the, the, the types of prongs that Sabrina was talking about and start asking questions and then beginning to think through how you answer those questions. And as Sabrina said, the, the thing that we'll leave you with is I don't think you as a leader alone have the answers. It's going to take everybody's input to find those answers. So our ability to build and create dialogue in ways that we've never done before is going to become even more important because I think our people in our organizations really have good ideas and good answers. So again, Sabrina, thank you for today. And I just appreciate, always appreciate you being on our show. Thank you. So as we begin to plan for reopening our organizations and schools in the coming months, we've talked about today, we've decided to host our annual leadership conference, What's Right in Education, later in the year than usual. So we've changed it to November 17th and 18th, still going to be in Milwaukee. We understand that our students and communities come first right now, and that's where our leaders are focusing their priorities. So we want to continue to, to support that. We're excited to still be able to create an opportunity for people to come together and reflect on what we've learned as we've navigated through COVID-19 pandemic. And as you heard Sabrina today and others that have come on the show, boy, we have a lot to learn from each other and a lot to share with each other. So can't wait for that time in November. Like our podcast, these two days will highlight specific tactics or nine principles for organizational excellence. So you can view speakers and find out more about the conference and other events at studereducation.com slash events. 
We hope you think about joining us. So thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share our podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. As always, I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on our nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best in the world. So everybody have a great week and please stay safe, stay connected.